Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Welcome in episode 12 of Blue Jays Nation Radio, and it's a special episode for so many reasons right now. First off, Toronto Blue Jays coming off a sweep of the Atlanta Braves, blowing our expectations out of the water. And secondly, it is a happy 28th birthday to my co-host Cameron Lewis. So to you, Mr. Lewis Coomsey, I crack That's a beer. That's what I like to hear. That's what I'm talking about. It's almost like the Blue Jays knew mm-hmm. that it was my, uh, my special birthday day today. Special birthday week in general. They just pulled it together and swept the Atlanta Braves. And that's what you like to see. That's what I wished for. Sweeping the Atlanta Braves and sweeping them in pretty exciting fashion as well. You go back to game one. The Jays are down 2 nothing going into the sixth. They put up two in the sixth, three in the eighth, win the ball game. You go back to game two of that series. They're down one nothing going into the sixth. They put up one in the sixth, one in the seventh, two in the ninth, win the ball game. Let's talk about today where the Blue Jays trailing in this game. They're down 2-1 going into the fifth. They put up two in the fifth, gave two right back to Atlanta, Don't worry about it. One in the eighth, four in the ninth. They come away with the victory. Um, We'll get into, we'll get into our three up, three down brought to you by Twiggenberries in just a second here. Uh, But Coombsy, the sweep, one thing, fantastic. To do it in an exciting fashion as well as a fan, that's even better. That's the cherry on top. What you're kind of seeing right now with Atlanta is they don't particularly have a bullpen. And this is where, one thing about the Blue Jays this year that might be kind of surprising is that they are absolutely locked down in the late innings. So when they go up against a team that doesn't have a lockdown pen, such as Atlanta, then you see that advantage the Blue Jays have. I mean, that's a very Alex Anthopoulos like signature on a team to have a, a shaky sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning. And we saw that in Atlanta and the Blue Jays had an advantage this week. Uh, we also got like some exciting moments like Ronald Acuna before he went down. He was putting together a pretty nice series, hit a home run to lead off the game. Like the young stars on both teams were on display as well. Um, before we get into this uh, three up, three down, Coombsy, how was the birthday for you, big man? It was good. It was nice. You've been slinging beers, having a good time. Yeah, I'll be honest. I've, uh, you know, it's the middle of the day. It's almost 5 p.m. over here. It's, yeah. you know, 3.30 for you guys, midday. But I have enjoyed myself a few beverages. But I'm still confident that I can put together a coherent podcast. It's 2.30 Mountain Time, so you did the time conversion wrong. It would be 4.30 where you are. So for Um, anybody listening interested in, like, where I'm at, that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's where... That's a context clue. 
<laughs> Let's get into three up, three down. Twigandberries.ca. They are friends of the podcast. We have a promo code. It is Nation15. It gets you 15% off whether you are in Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, or Halifax. Free shipping on orders over $75 within Canada, whether you want their very own nutsack underwear, one of their hilarious t-shirts, or one of their very comfy hoodies. I got one the other day. I think it's the Alex hoodie I got is what it's branded as. Very, very comfy. Find it all, twigandberries.ca. Coomzy, for your birthday, I said, you handle three up, three down. You do whatever you want. And you said, quote, good vibes only. Fuck it. We're doing six up. So there is, we are not down on anything around the Toronto Blue Jays. We are going six up in three up, three down. Exclusively positives. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, let's be real here. They just swept the Atlanta Braves. They won six in a row against a team who last year was one win away, one win over the Los Angeles Dodgers away from reaching the world series. Mm-hmm. And now they're here, they're here right now. And I mean, they're a pretty good team still. I mean, they're underachieving 17 and 20, but I mean, beating this team, it's a, it's a good sign. So let's be positive. Why not? Let's be positive. Let's jump right into it with just talking about the sweep in general uh, for the Jays. Three wins is huge no matter what, but now you look at that and they're one game back of the Red Sox for tops in the AL East. They're 20 and 16 on the year as well heading into a weekend set against the Phillies like a sweep at any time is good right now when they you know drop two or three to the Astros like it came at a really really good time for them it did because especially you and I we we had reserved ourselves to being excited about the idea of going five and five in this Mm -hmm. 10 stretch they went six and four and I mean that shows a team that hopefully is about to turn a corner and start winning some games. Because as we talked about in the podcast multiple times, they have an extremely hard stretch here in May that I think will go a long ways in painting whether this team is legit. Like, I mean, I understand there's some, there's some struggles going through injury, so you can't really draw a full conclusion about the team until they're fully healthy if they ever are. But you know, this stretch, regardless of who's there is going to show, okay, like, can this team handle difficult opponents and like tough, close games? And as of right now, six and four on this road trip, three good teams. That's a good sign. Let's get into some individual performances that jumped off the page to us here. One for me would be Kevin Biggio finding his zone a little bit in this set in the first two games against Atlanta. He was held without a hit, but in this last game, the series finale, he looked real good. He goes two for three. He comes around to score once as well. Two RBIs, a big hit when he drove that one into the outfield. Uh, Kevin Biggio, after, again, a, a decent weekend against Houston, has another decent weekend against Atlanta. Maybe he's starting to turn a corner a little bit here. I think we feel a lot better about Kevin Biggio when the lineup is deeper. So now Teoscar Hernandez is back. You know, he's cleaning up. Marcus Semien's hitting good as the leadoff. You got Bowen Vlad you know, two and three, and then you have those big four kind of rolling, then you kind of forget about cabin lower in the lineup and you don't expect quite as much. So then when he does come through and he has good at bats, he has a clutch hit, you know, that's kind of the player he is. Then you kind of enjoy it a bit more than watching, you know, Oh, for four with a couple of strikeouts in the leadoff spot is not necessarily where he belongs in a lineup. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to put it because you're right. I sit here and I go, Bijou had a nice series. Looks like he's turning a corner, but he only had a hit in one out of, the, out of the three games. But when he's buried lower in the lineup where he probably should be, the big games he have has are noticeable. And the games where he struggles, 
they can still win. It's not an important part in the lineup. So hopefully Biggio kind of settles into this spot here and the Jays can get a productive player for the rest of the season. Uh, one guy who's going to have a more prominent role in this batting order is Teoscar Hernandez, who came through with a couple of big, big bombs against Atlanta. Uh, this is a guy like they flashed up the graphic on one of the broadcasts, which were like the numbers he's put up over his last 162 games. And like, that's legit. And I know it's been spread out over like three seasons now for him to play that full 162. But regardless, this guy is like, he's a legitimate power hitter. He's a legitimate hitter period. And at the major league level. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, 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 we talk about the injured guys all the time and it's like, Oh, when, you know, George Springer is back and healthy at the top of the lineup, he's going to be such a big catalyst and it's going to be, you know, a game changer, but we never really talked when he was out to Oscar Hernandez, who has become like an extremely good cleanup hitter. I mean, this guy finished 11th in MVP voting last year. It's easy to forget that that happened, but it did. And I mean, like you said, like it, it's kind of a weird sample size because it's, you know, he went down to AAA in 2019, came back up in the second half, killed it. Last year was short. This year it's kind of been, you know, he's been injured. So it's a stretched out sample size, but he's hitting like above all-star caliber numbers. Like he's, you know, power on base. Like Teoscar is a huge addition to the lineup, especially then giving Vlad some protection right behind him. In his last 286 plate appearances, he has 21 home runs. Just really, really good numbers from Teoscar. He came through at a timely moment. And again, if he keeps this up and Springer gets healthy, if Biggio does stuff lower in the lineup, like one through nine, we talked about in the offseason a lot, but like one through nine, this Jays team, we knew it was going to be exciting. But do you think maybe with Teoscar continuing to produce the way he is, Vlad, Bo, you don't need me to rattle off the cast of characters maybe this Jays lineup can be like better than we thought they were going to be somehow. Yeah. It's hard to say because we also still haven't really seen the best from like a Lourdes Guriel or a Rowdy Telez. Mm -hmm. That's a, kind of another funny thing is, you know, we talked about the big wigs in the lineup, Springer, Bo, Vlad, Tay Oscar. And even if those four are rolling, like, you know, think about the upside this lineup has if Guriel and Telez are hitting well. Like, I mean, last year, both those two guys were like key catalysts in their offense in the second half of the season, especially. I mean, yeah. they could get hot and they could rock. And I mean, we haven't really seen the lineup yet because Springer's only been back for what, like four or five games. We haven't seen this lineup yet at its best, which is, I think is one of the more exciting things about the Blue Jays moving forward is I don't, I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near seeing the best of the team. The Jays put up 17 runs in large part because of guys like Biggio and Hernandez making contributions on different nights. Uh, they also only allowed eight runs in those three games to the Atlanta Braves. And a big reason why is because of a start from Hunjin Ryu, who went seven innings. He allowed one run. He only scattered five hits and a walk. A really, really good performance from Hunjin Ryu. When he went down with that leg injury, like I was holding my breath a little bit. I think everyone was going... Like if he would have gone down for a long time, they would have been in a lot of trouble, but he's back now. Health concerns in the past. Gotta love what Ryu did in his start against Atlanta. Oh, that start was sick. That was vintage Ryu. He was, you know, just painting corners. Like every single plan was just executed perfectly. Like the way they're mixing speeds and moving around the zone against guys, just the Braves looked completely lost the plate. And that was sweet. Yeah. Ryu's been, you know, ridiculously good. And I mean, it's it's kind of shocking to think, wow, the Jays signed this guy in free agency who has, since signing that deal, just come in and pitched well. I mean, I mean, what ace level say? stuff. That's they, I mean, they paid for stuff. an ace, but they've gotten like almost ace plus level stuff from Hunter well, I mean, Ryu because the paid, consistency. 
you know, they paid one third the amount that the Yankees paid for Garrett Cole. And I don't think there's been any discernible difference between the two and their tenures with their like respective teams. So, I mean, the Blue Jays got themselves like an ace on value. Yeah. Like the, the deal that Ryu signed, I still think in free agency, like 80 mil over four years, you look at that contract for what he does and what pitchers get. Tanner Rourke gets $24 million. Like Hinjin Ryu's only worth 80. Like that's a, that's a fucking steal. 20 million a season for what they're getting is 100% a really, really good value. And Ryu made another solid start against Atlanta. Uh, let's keep moving on on our six ups, no downs this week brought to you by Twig and Berries. We got the sweep. We got Biggio finding his stride. Teoscar's big night. Another solid start from Ryu. And a lot of that added up. I mentioned it. They outscored them 17 to 8. That series. The Jays run differential. Very, very good this season, Cam. That was an impressive transition on your part. Wow, that was thank you. That was nicely and well put together. What yeah. Blue Jays have right now is the fourth best run differential in Major League Baseball. So number one, you have the White Sox. Uh, and then two, the Astros. Three, the LA Dodgers, who are scuffling a bit, but you know, the Dodgers are the Dodgers. Those are four really good teams, teams where you see a potent lineup, some strong pitchers. I mean, Astros and Dodgers, like perennially very good. The White Sox, team that everyone's been talking about, great, great, great. You know, the Blue Jays in that mix. I mean, they're only a few games above 500 now, but they're well outscoring their opponents. And, you know, we saw that in 2015 with the team <clears throat> before they really took off after the trade deadline. The 2015 Jays were outscoring their opponents wildly. And that's an indication of like a, a team that's ready to go on a run. I'm interested to see that with this group. If, you know, there's a big trade deadline or maybe it's just everyone getting healthy, but when is this team finally going to go on a run? And a run for you would be like, we're talking 10 games here. Like big yeah, I want to see like a, you know, we've seen a million. I felt like every single year the Jays would have like their 10 game winning streak, but just any kind of thing where they're doing like a, uh, yeah. You know, like uh, they win four or five series in a row and they put together like a 11, 12 out of 15 stretch. Like the, the, kind of, the kind of run that separates you from the pack, right? Especially when you look right now in their last 10, the Yankees have quickly caught back up to the pack. They're eight and two Red Sox, just <clears> five <throat> and five in their last 10 Jays six and four. So if you can have one of those runs where you go eight and two, nine and one <laughs> over 10 games and, and the other teams in your division, like what the Red Sox are doing right now, just play average. That's how you start to build up some separation or put yourself in the driver's seat of a divisional race. Um, keep talking. You mentioned injuries and, you know, trade deadline stuff, potential additions. The one we talked about last time we did a pod and we'll bring them up again. Here is our sixth and final up Alec Manoa, another start. And he just looked fantastic again. Now in two starts with triple a Buffalo so far this season, he is two and oh, he has pitched 12 innings, only allowed three hits, and he has struck out 17 batters. This guy's ready. Like, you can bring him up now, and I, I think you'd get good results. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I talk about when, you know, it's like going on a run. So the thing that holds you back from going on a good run is, you know, a lack of five strong starting pitchers. And I think we talked about this last time or two, you know, two podcasts ago, is the difference for the Jays is can Pearson and Manoa come through and fill the open four or five spots in the rotation right now. And I mean, Pearson, we saw, he came up, he struggled. He has to go back down, work on his mechanics, making an alteration to how he throws. I mean, it's going to take him some time, but with Manoa, it's like, you know, you've now pitched. It's only two times at triple a, but it's two times in which he made triple a opposition look like nothing. 
And you know, you look at those stat lines and you look at the way he's pitching. And it's like, is this even a challenge? Like, why not see what this guy can accomplish at the major league level and go from there? I mean, what's the point in giving him another start with the Thunder Bisons and seeing, okay, like, you know, this guy's, can he improve on six innings in one hit? Like, <laughs> I mean, how do you do much better, right? How much more do you have to prove at that level, I suppose, right? Uh, we did see this week that Nate Pearson went back down. Um, Manoa, obviously, he's the one trending straight upwards. Which one do you think we see first again? Or who do you think we see next? Like, you've got to think, you got to think they're going to sit Pearson down in AAA for a while, right? I think jerking him up and down like that just can't be good. So if they saw something in the start against Houston they didn't like, I imagine they're sending him down to AAA and saying, here's specifically what you have to work on for a month. And then you come back up. It's, you know, you have these five starts to do it. That's what the minor leagues are. It's fine. So, you know, the big leagues where you're out there and you got to win. And I think that's the difference right now is Pearson's making an adjustment. So he needs that time to play these kind of arbitrary games and figure it out. Whereas Manoa now, is killing it and he can come into win loss situations for the blue Jays who want to compete. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in that. And we did hear that Ross Atkins was apparently at the ballpark for Manoa's last start. That's certainly interesting. If he's going to get a yeah. firsthand look at the guy, like what other reason are you there for you're there to see fucking Logan Warmoth hit a home run. Like maybe no, <laughs> you're there to see Alec Manoa and Alec Manoa specifically. Like we all buy MILB package specifically to see this guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's what we're all here for. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how much longer we got to wait for one Alec Manoa, especially when you consider what the blue Jays rotation kind of is right now. Uh, what did you think of Ross Stripling in his performance here in the series finale? He goes five innings, allows four hits, gives up two earned strikes out nine impressively enough, but still I kind of saw some hate for stripling. Like to me, it was a fairly average start. He got himself into some trouble. I don't, I still don't think he's a guy necessarily want going out there every five games, but he kind of got the job done in this one. He did uh, to be fair. I mean, I, I, I still scratch my head at what the blue Jays thought they were acquiring when it came to Ross stripling, what they thought they were getting, they were getting a quality starter, a swingman or a reliever you know, a rich man's version of Sammy Gavilio. I don't really know what they thought, but, you know, he's had a bunch of bad goes, but today or I guess Thursday, depending on when we release this, mm-hmm. Thursday it. stripling put together a good veteran start. And I, I think that when the Blue Jays acquired him, that's what they had in mind is a guy who'd come out and pitch like that in which he, you know, in the first inning got tagged up, had a bad go. It looked like he was going to get lit. And then, you know, he got through it and then came out and tossed a few more innings and gave the team a chance to win. And it's like, you know, if that's your number five, then that's fine. And uh, I want to talk about the bullpen as well, before we shift our series to the, to the shift, our focus, I should say, to the series coming up against Philadelphia Uh, in the opener, you had Robbie Ray get the start. And then it was an inning from Thornton an inning from Chatwood and a save from Romano. But in those three innings, only two hits against no runs. And then you go to game two of the series after Ryu, it was Chatwood. It was AJ Cole. It was two innings pitched. It was no earned runs. And in the series finale, after Stripling went out, Misa came in, gave up two earned runs. But after that, Piamps, Bergen, Romano, no earned runs, no hits in three innings pitch combined between those three. Uh, the bullpen just continues to turn corners and be so, so strong. Like I, I'm so impressed with the way this has gone, even with the injuries and all that. And 
again, it's one of those things where I'd love to see them add a bullpen arm before the deadline and really beef it up. But at the same time, with the way it's going right now and with hopefully guys like Castro, Dolis, and one day Merriweather rejoining them, man, they might not need to add anything to this bullpen. No, it's, 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 it's a wild thing to see. And I think it mostly speaks to like coaching and personnel where they can bring in a guy, you know, next guy up approach, AJ Cole, you know, where was he on the depth chart coming out of spring training? He didn't make the 40 man roster. didn't make the club. And it's like, you're 11th, 12th on the reliever depth chart. And you come up and pick up a save. Like you're coming up throwing 96, 97 striking guys out. And that's a, testament to a tremendous amount of death and also just like the ability to grab a random guy from waivers, you know, Joel Payamps and just throw them into a role in which they're putting to, you know, putting up high leverage innings, like, Holy shit. Like that's an impressive thing. I mean, I don't know, like you talk about acquiring a big time reliever, like, do they really need that? Like, are you really that anxious about the idea of it being September and Tyler Chatwood coming out for the ninth inning? Like, I don't think that's a problem at all, to be honest with you. I just want guys who throw heat and throw strikes, and that's what the Blue Jays have in spades. Uh, we didn't see Ryan Barucki at all. Charlie Montoyo says he's dealing with dead arm. Is that a concern for you, or does no injury well, concern you know? Christ, it's the fucking Blue Jays making an announcement about a player's injury, so he's dealing with that. Like, I mean, sorry, Ryan, we're not going to see you pitch for a year. Yeah. Like, based on what we know from the Jays, <laughs> like dead arm means Tommy John surgery. But fuck, I don't know, man. Like, let's hope it's not some shit, but it's the Jays and injuries. Like, we all know, like, it's never good. Yeah. Now the Jays are going to shift their focus and uh, take on the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies coming off a three-game set against the Nationals, where they took two out of the three, but did lose the finale today. They also dropped two or three to the Braves before that. Uh, this Phillies team, just looking at some quick stats here right now, they are 19th in the majors as a team when it comes to OPS. Some individual players you obviously want to keep an eye on. Bryce Harper's the big one. He's eighth in OPS. Also, JT Realmuto's having a pretty good year. He's got the batting average up over 300. It's at 314. What are you thinking out of this series, Coombsy? Uh, I mean, we don't need to do that. I, I think right now the Jays are hot enough where we can expect them to take two out of the three from anyone in the league, the way they're playing right now. Uh, but what, what makes the Phillies a threat? Uh, what I'm thinking here is kind of irrelevant to what you just asked, but Jays just swept the Braves. Like yeah. it's 1992. <laughs> and they're going to face the Phillies like it's 93. And they're going to sweep the Phillies as well. You're buzzing off your beers. You're feeling confident. No, in this I'm buzzing Jays off team. of watching some well-executed Toronto Blue Jays baseball, and I'm uh, drinking the Kool-Aid right now. And I think the Blue Jays are going to continue their good play and uh, pull up a sweep against the Phils. Feeling good. <laughs> if the Jays, if they, maybe this is the heater. Like when we talked, th this was a few weeks ago now, looking at the Jays run, where we talked about this upcoming trip. And I think it started with Atlanta as like a moment that could potentially, you know, turn around the season. It could be a major turning point for this group. And they came out of this road trip six and four, which is great. A winning record on a long road trip against some good opponents. Like it's not like they had to go play Kansas city and Baltimore and like bottom of the barrel teams. I know Kansas city started well, but they're falling off a bit here. Um, they're playing great baseball against solid competition and getting results as well. Like we're coming away with moral victories in any of these games going, ah, you know, if that eight in, eighth inning didn't go that way, you know, we would have gotten a win. Like, getting results against good teams in tough situations. This feels like a Jays team that's, that's taken a turn here. It's on, 
it's a September team playing right now. It's yeah. you know guys coming out and putting up a solid start, relievers coming in throwing pretty much almost exclusively O's, and guys coming up with big hits. And I mean, microscopic sample size right now in the middle of May, but looks like a team kind of hitting a bit of a groove, even though not all of the guys are back. And we'll see. It'll be tough to say because you know the reality for the Jays is they don't have a good full five guys in their starting rotation. So it'll probably take, you know, a quality start from a stand in like an Anthony K to keep this rolling. But given the way they're hitting and the way their relievers are throwing right now, like it does seem like they can go on a good run here. What do you think they're going to do from a rotation perspective here? I didn't have a chance to see if Montoyo said anything, but um, so we'll get Steven Matz for the first one, Robbie Ray for the third one. And in that middle game, do you think we'll see like Anthony K or do you think, like, what are they going to do here? The Jeremy Beasley? Yeah. Jeremy Beasley might be the go because the challenge is with putting K in the middle is, you know, he's your, your weakest link of those three starters yeah. and, you know, just as a prospect, it is what it is, but you know, you don't want to be going up as a lefty after another lefty went. So, I mean, they might opt to then go to somebody that's right-handed or do a bullpen day. You know, Jeremy Beasley's in the mix now, multiple innings there. Trent Thornton, multiple innings there. You know, maybe you piggyback that way. But I don't see Anthony Kay getting a four-inning go in the second game against the Phillies after a lefty's pitch before him. Yeah, we'll see how things break down. Uh, it's, it's a pretty nice spot for Jays fans to be in when – and like, if you would have said this at the beginning of the year, it might've been, or I shouldn't say that before spring training might've been a bit of an eyebrow raiser, but you feel so confident when Steven Matz and Robbie Ray are on the bump. I know Matz got off to a great start, slowed down for a bit, but still like when it's him and Ray going in a series, I'm sitting there going, Hey, they got a good chance to win at least two of these ball games. Cause with those guys on the bump, the results have been good. Especially right, man. Like, Ooh, it's turning out to be the guy, which is shocking oh, because people were not happy when they opted to sign Robbie Ray. Yeah, we so, could sit here. We could have made him well, one of the ups as well because he's just continuing. Everyone's an up, though, big man. Like, that's what it's all about. Everyone's an up, big man. Everyone. Correct. 26-man roster, 40-man roster, you're an up. <laughs> is what it is. Jonathan Davis. That, I there is, a, I want to give proper credit here. Um, from Fan590, Josh Goldberg tweets out the little screen cap of the uh, Jonathan Davis saying how big like Lake Ontario. That is the funniest fucking commercial going. I laugh so hard every time it plays. They've done really good digital content this year. Like how good yeah. was the uh, video where they were all imitating batting stances? Yeah. And the guys were coming up and doing the Kevin Biggio batting stance and just <laughs> taking ball four. Uh, I just <laughs> Jonathan Davis saying Lake Ontario. That kills me every time. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Your uh, birthday boy, Cameron Lewis. I pulled been... together pretty good, eh? Oh, yeah, you held it together. Was that just coherent? Fine. Did I make sense? I thought you made a ton of sense, Gimsy. Really? Do you often think that about me, or is that just? Uh, are you just well, being nice to me? I was gonna say maybe maybe that's more of a dig at you. The fact that I think you were pretty much on par with your normal Coombsy analysis. Yeah, that's and you right. Were like, no matter how many years. drinks I have, I'm the same like slurred, confused self, no matter what. All right. To the guy who tweeted us after the last episode and said he wants Cam to be in the bag for this episode. Um, you got your wish, man. We celebrated a Jays sweep over the Atlanta Braves, their second sweep over the Braves of the season. And we also celebrated Cameron's 28th birthday. Hope everyone enjoyed the series. Hope everyone enjoyed the weekend. 
Cam, you uh, mix in a water or two here before you go to bed. All right, big man. Uh, yeah, I've had a, I've got a big Fiji water right here that I've been drinking along with my beverages because Tyler, I'm a veteran. Yeah. You always gotta Have you been drinking your beverages out of a Jose Bautista cup as well? Yeah, of course. I can't believe we didn't mention this in the podcast. I have a, uh, Jose Bautista cup. It's, it's a Jersey with a number. Uh, not much more I can say about it, but that's what it is. Was that a free giveaway at the game or was that a, you no, purchased a Jose Bautista? That was, cup? And I went into the, um, shop and i was waiting in line and i saw it near the cash register and i grabbed it and purchased it like that's the kind of consumer that i am i don't know why i'm spending so much time on this but is it glass or is it plastic it's glass it's dishwasher safe does the logo and the number peel off if you dishwasher it i don't dishwasher shit man i hand oh you hand wash everything man what the fuck of course stay connected to nature all right, Cam, you have a good one, man. Jays versus Phillies. We'll be back to recap it on Sunday. But if you don't know the schedule, 7.30 on Friday, 7.30 Saturday, and then a 107 first pitch on Sunday. Enjoy it, everybody. Coombsy, have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.